Hello, Enterprise readers uh, and now listeners. I'm sitting here, well, I'm Jordan J. Michael. Uh, I'm sitting here with Regan Johnson, uh, Gilliland's athletic director since April 2012. Uh, he's actually been working here since 1996. He liked it so much he never left. That's right. Um, and he just won recently uh, Professional of the Year by the New York State Association for Health, Physical Education, Recreation, and dance. So, Regan, I must ask you, do you like to dance? And if so, <laughs> what is your favorite dance? Uh, I don't mind dancing. Um, in fact, when I student taught, I, I student taught with Bob Oates, who um, actually is, is a big proponent of, of dance and physical education and, and still um, travels around the Capital Region teaching dance to the students all over the Capital Region. So, I don't mind dancing. Uh, my favorite dance, boy, I'll tell you, I don't really know if I have a favorite dance. Um, uh, party dances are probably wedding dances, that kind of thing. I think I'm all right at. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, I just went to a wedding on Friday. So when was the last wedding you went to? Uh, uh, last fall. My cousin got married last fall, and uh, probably uh, boot school boogie, that kind of stuff. I'd be all right at. You know. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I, I feel like with this uh, this New York State Association, I felt like I, I look at it and it, I feel like they kind of throw dance on the end. Like, what does the dance part of this organization mean? Like, because I don't really like what is it? Well, the dance is a big part of being creative, um, and in our case, in our schools, physical education. We teach dance in the elementary school, we teach dance in the middle school, we teach dance here in the high school. So um, it's a way um, for, for students to be creative and express themselves through movement, um, which is just an extension of what physical education is. I mean, it's a way to also express yourself moving-wise. People who aren't dancers don't see the connection, but um, we have a lot of students who are very, very interested in, in dance who go on after high school and major in, in, in um, you know, disciplines where the, they will be moving, and dance is certainly one of those. So we're, we're, we're very excited, we're very proud of our, of our dance program, um, and to us it's not, I understand what you're saying, it seems like it doesn't fit, but when you think of it in terms of a way to um, be creative and express yourself through movement, that's what dance is and that's what you know, physical education students should be able to do. Right now, what what component of the of the four is the the health, the physical education, the recreation, and the the dance? I mean, it's probably not the dance is the most important, but to you, which one is like the most? Are they all equal? Well, I mean, without your health, you certainly can't be physically educated, and you're certainly not going to be able to dance. So I guess if you had to, and, and certainly not going to be able to recreate. So if you're going to pick one that's a little bit more important than the others, I mean. You got to have your health in order to be, uh, you know, be able to move, be able to be physically physically educated. Um, so I guess health a little bit more important, only because without your health you don't have very much. Right. You need your health to do. Now what? What? Over these last three years, I mean, you you you're the athletic director for all the schools. Correct. Like all Gildan schools. Like how? How many students are in all of Gilliland schools? Do you have any idea? Yeah, it's about a little over 4,000. Um, we have a graduating class of about 400. 
um, and differs along down the line, but we have over 4,000 students that are that are in the, the dis, uh, district K through 12. Right. One high school, two middle schools? One, one middle school. One middle school. Five elementary schools. Five elementary yep. schools. Um, so what, what has your philosophy been, um, you know, with the health, the physical education, recreation, like tying those all together? What has your philosophy been? as far as what you do every day to try to make sure that, you know, students are healthy mm -hmm. and they are participating. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, we feel us in, in the health and physical education departments and even an extension through athletics is that what we do is very, very important. And that we just talked about how important our health is. Um, and without it, um, you know, we can't do everything else that we want to do. Um, our job is to give students the skills in those areas so that they can make good choices once they leave here to control their own health and their own um, exercise so that they can continue to be healthy, you know, contributors to society. And without that, without their health and without being, you know, having a certain degree of um, physical health and wellness, that's not going to happen. So I think what we try to do is give them the skills that they would need to be uh, successful once they leave here, and, and hopefully they find something that they would like to do to stay physically educated or to stay mentally well or physically well for a long, long time. Now, what's your idea of uh, healthy being a healthy contributor to society after you leave high school with What's your idea of that? Well, I mean, hopefully they um, decide that um, they're going to go off and do whatever they want to do, whether it's work or the military or go to, to go to college. And let's face it, I mean, there are a lot of things nowadays that can really get you in, in deep trouble when, when you go out and do those things. So to know that um, how to ask for help if they need some, whether it's mental help or physical help or whatever it is, um, to advocate for themselves, we teach advocacy in, in our health education and phys ed curriculums so that they can advocate for themselves. Um, I think we would want them to um, hopefully come back and be a part of our community here in Gildwin, but if not, wherever, wherever community they decide to live in, that they would be, you know, they, they would know where to go, um, start a family, those kind of things. I mean, things that we all want for, I mean, I'm, as a father, I want for my children that someday that they'll have the skills necessary to go out and, and be successful, whatever they choose to do. Um, and without your health and your physical wellness, um, very slim chances of that taking place. Yeah. Um, are there, do you have any, uh, a few examples of um, sort of questions maybe a student has asked you lately as far as, you know, needing help? Um, like, yeah, I mean, you don't have to name names, no, just like kind of no. general, like, what have you come across lately uh, from students, like, as far as what they need we, from the athletic director? We have, not necessarily from me, but, you know, people that we work with, I mean, uh, it, it's daily, Jordan. I mean, that's, we have a student who are, we have concerns around an eating disorder right now. Um, we have concerns um, about two students who got an altercation. Um, um, and felt like got a little physical. Um, so on the playing field, or no, this was, this was in class. Right. Um, but you know, 
um, it, it has ramifications not just in that particular class through the rest of the school day and and beyond. Um, because so they see each other. They see each other, yeah. you know. So um, it's just about every single day where something comes across my desk or one of my teachers or one of my coaches brings me something that that we need to make sure that we're on top of so that we can get the student and in some cases their parents who don't know where to go, um, the help that they might need to help remedy the situation. So it's those are just two that happened on Friday. Right, right. Um, it's early yet, Monday morning, nothing, <laughs> nothing yet. But How's your Monday morning going? Uh, so right. far, so good. Right. So far, so good. Um, do, you, do, you, do you come across more uh, positive situations or negative ones, you know, with all four of these elements here that we've been talking about, or is it kind of just like 50-50? It, it's a mixed bag. I mean, I like to look at situations you said negative. I, I look at it like it's an opportunity to learn. Um, and without going through some of that negative, you really don't appreciate some of the positive. You know, this afternoon we're going to have four student athletes who are going off next year to um, to college to participate in in, uh, in in sports in college. So that's a huge positive that's taken place um, this afternoon. We're really excited about this. Our second one we had one in the fall. Um, so you know, you take the good with the bad, and it's. Uh, I don't have a lot of days where it's it's nothing but negative. I, I have a lot of days that are filled with positive, and when the negative comes, you just got to roll with it and you know think through things and um, try to think of ideas that are going to help. The, in, in those cases I just named, those those students and the resources that we can give to them so that they can hopefully get back on the right track. Now. Um since you've been here since 1996, mm -hmm. do you do you feel like students? I mean, we could talk Gilderland specifically. Sure. Do you think the students here are more uh, physically active and more healthy than they were when you started back in 1996, or, or I mean, what kind of progression have you seen? Yeah, that's a good. Because you know, with like you know how the world has changed, and you yep. know, getting more into computers, and you know, there's ample opportunity to just sit home on sure. a computer. Um, so what have you noticed? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's certainly... We're yeah, we're talking like 20 years here. Yeah, right? sure. I mean, we're, uh, there's certainly that aspect where the technology that kids are exposed to now has changed potentially. Like, when I was a kid, you know, we went outside and played until the, the fire whistle blew. We came in for dinner. We ate dinner. We went back out until the streetlights came on. You know, and there wasn't a lot of that stuff to distract that. It was ways where we played, just the way we did it. And now we look at my kids, they don't do that so much anymore. And so I, you're, to your point, I think that's that's partly true, that you know kids are exposed to more technology and have the opportunity to sit home and not do a lot physically. However, I think the knowledge that we have and the research that's been done over that time to say, look, these are things that you're gonna need to do to try to avoid a sedentary lifestyle I think that stuff is way more prevalent, and now there's a lot of technology out there to help students and, and adults be physically fit. I mean, a ton of apps that are out there now to help people monitor progress and um, you know show firsthand that they are making you know a move to towards being more healthy. So um, 
I think it's both sides. I, I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd say their kids are less. I think the opportunity to, as you said, to do less because, you know, computers and and you know Nintendo and Xbox and all that stuff. But um, I think, especially in our community, our parents are, are very well educated and know that kids need to be active. So you're monitoring that. You know how much time they're spending on electronics and sitting behind a screen, screen time, but. They're also monitoring what else they're doing physically to make sure that they're, you know, staying in shape. Um, like, do you, do you have any idea of the percentage of Gilderland students that participate in, like, um, you know, either sports teams um, or in some sort of clubs, recreation clubs? Is it a high percentage? Yeah, I mean, I, I know that we have... Uh, around, uh, we're not quite through this the school year yet, but every year we, we go through the numbers and and see, um, you know, uh, how many kids are playing at least one sport, how many kids are playing two sports. So once this season's over, they'll have that data. But it's somewhere in the mid-30s, 38% is about the, the highest that we've been in the last couple of years in terms of kids playing at least one sport. So almost 40% of our kids that walk through the halls here are, are playing a sport. As far as clubs, that, that obviously would be more, um, but clubs aren't under my umbrella. So, um, are you satisfied with forty? No, I mean, I, listen, I'm not satisfied with forty. I'd like to see, uh, you know, I'd like to 100. see. I, I, well, <laughs> I mean, you're never going to get 100, percent and I, I get that, but you know, um, to offer as many activities and sports that we do, I think we offer a pretty good variety of of that, from Nordic ski to golf to bowling. You know, and all the other sports that you would think of, those are lifetime sports that people can do forever. And um, we have um, a lot of offerings. So um, I'd love to see, you know, plus 40%, get close to 50. Half the kids that are walking through the school participate in at least one sport. Um, the national average is a little bit over 30. So we're, you know, we're above that, and um, which is nice, but never satisfied. We'd like to, because I know the benefits firsthand of what, what that can can give you, and um, and you know, there's a reason why people who, who like 95 percent of the Fortune 500 company CEOs played played high school sport. About 46 percent of them were on the in the National Honor Society. So, you know, being uh, on the Honor Society doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be that successful, and vice versa, but. You know, they give you hopefully the the ability to um, manage your time, um, think through problems, advocate for yourself, uh, have fun with your friends, all the things that interscholastic sports give. Um, so, no, I'm not satisfied. I'd like to I'd like to see it a little bit higher. Um, I'm going to kind of switch gears here, but um, you know, we still hear out there in the public about you know the obesity problem. In America, so um, do you think do you think that's gotten better? Um, what's your opinion on the obesity issue with yeah. you know kids? Listen, um, we're very sensitive to uh, the obesity epidemic, and that's exactly what it is. Um, I mean, uh, we try to do our best, um, educating our kids, making good choices, and telling them what's in foods and what's in soda, and and, and at the end of the day. Um, hopefully that has sank in and, and the same message is being sent home from, you know, 
um, the parents so that we can, you know, together combine to, to give them what they need. But that doesn't happen all the time. So um, the obesity epidemic, um, you know, I look at smoking 20 years ago, 25, 30 years ago, when um, there was a smoking lounge in every single high school. And now that's just it's crazy. And, and people don't smoke near as much as they used to because of education, because of things that they see and hear you know, in the community, in the newspaper, on television, about what smoking can do to you. Did you ever smoke? No. No, no, not a, was never a smoker. My dad smoked cigars, um, but um, never, no one in my family really are smokers, so I wasn't exposed to it and just never did, but... Um, I feel like less people are yeah, smoking I mean, these I, days. To yeah. me, I'm, I'm hoping that the obesity thing will be what smoking was, is now, 20 years from now, where people are, are talking about you know, the, the dangers of, of drinking too much soda and the dangers of drinking too much processed foods and all the things that we, you know, we were trying to tell our kids, but hopefully it'll get to that point where, um, you know, people are making a better decision at the dinner table and not, you know, speaking for me, I, I don't always do that. And, um, but I'm trying to teach my kids that, that, you know, they shouldn't be drinking, you know, sugary drinks all the time. And, in moderation, you know, things are okay, but but at the same time, got to be physically active. It's it's a balance between the two. What what you're putting in your body and what you're doing to it to keep it healthy, that's that's the balance. So I'm I'm hopeful that you know 20 25 years from now we'll be talking about obesity the way we talk about smoking. You know, not a lot of people are. I mean, a lot of people are still smoking, but it seems like you know in New York State you, you can't smoke in a restaurant and you can't smoke. Um, in a lot of different places, which I think is great because I cigarettes smoke gives me a headache, and so you know, hopefully that it's it, right now it's it's not there, and you know it's people don't like to talk about it, and I understand that, um, but that's the way it was, you know, twenty five thirty years ago about about cigarettes. No one really wanted to talk about that and all the dangers that you know it poses. So kind of like the obesity problem. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, I guess that. 25 years, you know, we'll be, we'll be saying, hey, remember, you know, 2015. Now, do, do you have a, do you have any input into uh, the curriculums that the phys ed teachers make? I do. Here at, like yep. what, big time. Lately, what sort, what was the curriculum like for this year? Well, I'll tell you, we're, we're having our, some of our um, summative evaluations with our teachers, and I just finished up with my middle school staff, and we're talking about ways that that we can um, introduce more fitness and uh, weight training concepts concepts into the curriculum. And right now, they, they get a little of it in sixth grade, but we're finding more and more kids have been exposed to it, whether through their parents going to you know events uh, or going to the Y or wherever, um, or the older brother or sister who is into it. Um, and we'd really like to expose because because we, we see that when they are in, in our, our facility at the middle school that that they're really excited to learn and it's it's good to strike while the iron is hot so that's one of the things that we're working on right now when we're going through where can we fit more uh, time with fitness and and with weight training principles because they're a little they're too young yet to really start weight training but when you can teach them the concepts 
of um, a proper warm-up and um, spotting technique and the technique in general to, to lift appropriately and safely, hopefully they can build on that the following year and then by the time they get into 8th ninth grade, you know, that, that's a way that you don't have to play a sport after school to, to love to weight train and to go to a gym. You don't have to have that. That's a, those are things that you can do for the rest of your life to stay physically fit and, and mentally fit. So I feel I, I feel like some people like they either you know like to weight train or like to you know cardiovascular yeah run a lot yeah um, I don't I don't really run into too many people that like cross both a lot you know what I mean yeah but I mean there's definitely like the runners sometimes and then there's like the people that like to lift weights yep. you know and and there's you know lift weights there there's there's two ways to do it you can lift to to get to get stronger, or you can lift and maintain what you already have, and you're not really interested in getting stronger. You're just interested in staying physically fit. So you can lift for strength, and certainly when when students are, are younger, then um, they are trying to, to gain muscle mass, and with everything that's going on inside them, they have those natural steroids running. Do, do the runners like to lift weights? No, I think, but I think there's there's a myth that you know when you lift weights that you're going to get big, and that's just not the case. I mean you. You, you lift you know low weights with high repetition you're not going to get you're not going to get physically bigger you're going to get stronger but you're also going to maintain what you have and you know there's certainly uh, you know students who are in, in getting bigger and getting more muscle mass but there's also a group of students that there aren't they're interested in just maintaining what they are especially you know certain you know you mentioned cross-country runners they're not interested in getting bigger but you know to being strong is to fight injury so that you're not you know spending time watching you're spending time running and participating I mean, so, that's you I mean do you think football has the most weight training because I, you know to prevent injury yes for football you're yeah in. absolutely but you know I think there's a good percentage of kids right now who are training for you know the fall the football being one and you know they're they're interested in, in in gaining muscle mass and becoming stronger and bigger and, and faster and um, you know the wrestling team certain certain track and field athletes are, are doing that lacrosse teams I mean um, you know I think everyone kind of thinks well football you got to be bigger faster stronger that's you know some people are are just genetically not going to be too big so but they can always be stronger. You know, so um, that's what we're trying to educate our kids on. And, you know, you don't, the myth of you going into the weight room and turning into, you know, a muscle head is just not, not the facts. Um, there is a certain percentage of kids who would like that, would like to get in there and, and actually build muscle mass. Um, but there's also kids that go in there just to maintain what they have and, and do, you know, low weights with higher repetitions. No, what advocacy does Gildalyn have, you know, against like performance enhancing substances? I mean, I know it's not actually. It, I've always, you know, I've in my time in the enterprise, you know, about seven years, but I've come across it a few times. Yeah, that there, it's not pre prevalent really in high school, but I mean, it's what sort of advocacy do you have against PEDs? I would say that in certain parts of the country it is. Yeah. You know, in the South. I know That's that, crazy, though. Yeah, in, and, in high school. Though. And, you know, even our neighbor in New Jersey, I mean, they have 
performance enhancing testing in some of the districts and um, but I think one of the things that we try to do is we talk about those things you know that's part of um, our drug unit in health education talking about performance enhancing and, and knowing what the signs are and knowing what the potential consequences are down the line because now we have you know a ton of research in, in those areas and obviously we've got a couple of cases in, in professional sports where people get you know caught doing that stuff and look at Alex Rodriguez he he was the poster child for for Major League Baseball and and, and now he's the poster child yeah. for everything that's bad yeah. in Major he's League Baseball. He's about to tie Willie Mays but I feel like yeah. his name will always have an uh, asterisk. Always no no yeah. question and and you know right now I'm I'm fairly confident that he's not using right. and he's, <laughs> he's having a good start of the season but no one cares because he's already he's tarnished his name by doing that so you know, we have it in our in our curriculum, and we talk about it. and And let's face it; I mean, we we look for um, for signs of that. You know, we know what the signs are if kids are using, and we just don't see that. But if we did, you know, we would be addressing it obviously, and we would be asking questions. And but you know, we see a lot of kids who are are trying to do it the right way. What what, what do you think that it did to like a psyche? Of a high school baseball player, if you know they let, let's say they really liked a Rod, yeah, and they see him getting all this trouble and they're yeah. coming up in the ranks, you yeah. know. Well, hopefully, you know, because look, I growing up as a kid, I was a, I was a Gary Carter, I was a Montreal Expo fan, and the, Expo, yeah, right. so Gary, I was a catcher, and Gary Carter was was my guy, and um, but he wasn't my hero, you know. My dad was my hero, and hopefully, when when students have their parents as their hero, um, or a parent, or an uncle, or somebody in the family, and not somebody that they don't know, and because humans are flawed, and and obviously some of these guys took, I get it. I mean, you get it. You you make it to the major leagues, and now the pressure's on to maintain that, and you get injured. In the case of like maybe Andy Pettit. Who had an injury and, and and took some performance enhancing drugs, which he admitted he did and admitted he shouldn't have. Um, but I, I feel like, you know, if if you're looking at, and I've never had that, you know, where I, I looked at people and they were, you know, I'm, I'm gonna do what Gary Carter does, you know, because now I know some of the things he did and I never knew it at the time. Now it's easy to know because celebrities and especially athletes. Are followed 24 hours a day. You know what they're doing. Back then, when I was a kid, we didn't know that. I mean, you might read a paper if they really got in trouble and you know, or got caught partying or did some drugs or whatever. But now it's you know, certain players can't go anywhere without <laughs> you know they they know what's happening in, in their lives. Do 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 you feel like a lot of Gilderlin athletes, high school athletes specifically, look up to professional? Athletes, I, I think they. Do you, they, do you hear them talking about it? Oh, I mean, they you talk. Know, coaches too, yeah, as well. I mean, I think everyone talks about. You know, if we're in spring season right now, so you know, the lacrosse players look up to certain lacrosse players who are playing in the, in the NCAA's or in professional baseball and softball. It, it's easy to, to to turn on ESPN and, and see some of those games, and I think um, they like following it. But I, you know, I don't think. Watching somebody who's gone through it, like A. Rod or Mark McGuire or Sammy Sosa, any of the guys that have been linked to it, 
I don't think it's causing them to say, hey, I want, I want to go and do that. I think what has become known is that all of the negatives are out there when you take it. You know, when you look at some of these guys that, that took it and, and it developed certain cancers and, and had failing health, to me that's that's pretty telling. I mean, I I would hope that our, our young adults are, are intelligent enough to say, look, this is not good for me. I'd rather do it through hard work and, and technique rather than taking a shortcut and putting something in my body that I know is not good for it. Um, now, I know uh, Gildeland was one of the first to... Install the impact. Yep. What, what does that stand for again? Uh, it's not an acronym. It's not an acronym. It's it's been it's been developed through um, the impact concussion system. Yep. Yes. Through uh, a group in um, in Pittsburgh, um, who works very closely with. Uh, in fact, there are offices that are connected to the Steelers right. facility. Um, they're the ones that that started it. Public high school in New York, um, kind of partnered with them back in the you know the late 2000s so so what sort of update can you give us about you know what have you noticed with the impact system the last few years well i mean obviously there's a ton of education that's taken place and the whole concussion phenomena is way more understood now in terms of what causes it um, everyone is different and you can have one that doesn't look very like very much that can take a heck of a lot longer than, than something that looks, you know, really bad. Um, one of the things that we've uh, been stressing here with us is that younger players and obviously younger um, middle school student athletes, they seem, and that's what the research is saying too, is that those concussions are taking longer to um, manage and to get back to a normal baseline than and adult ones, you know, you have the same kind of impact that takes place with a middle school kid and then an adult, and the adult comes back sooner, gets back to baseline sooner because the younger brain is still developing. So we were actually, the Queensbury was the first school in Section 2, and we were right behind them um, in, in starting it, and, you know, we baseline our, our middle school kids who play contact sports, um, which all of our middle school sports are contact seventh grade through twelfth grade every other year um, and obviously kids that that are concussed and that we are managing they take post tests you know and uh, so are, are any Gildeland athletes out with concussions right yeah, now? We, we, yeah. It's, there isn't a season that goes by where we're not managing some you know and, and we also manage concussions for student athletes who may not actually be in a school sport at that time for instance, if a student is right now playing, let's say, uh, you know, so, uh, spring soccer, they don't play a spring sport here, but they're playing a sport, we will always always manage them as well. It's not just like, you know, we're only going to take care of the kids that uh, are playing that season. So we've had kids who were concussed and became concussed outside of a school sport that we'll manage. And, you know, we're talking... Throughout the course of the school year, um, about 50 kids that will, will be uh, concussed and uh, that will be managing throughout the season or throughout the school year in some cases because, you know, we, we've had a couple that have lingered into, like, the next season. 
weeks. And that's that's my point is something that doesn't seem all that much turns out to be heck of a lot more. Um, is there anything fascinating that you've learned about concussions since Gilderland has had this impact well, yeah, system? Yeah, I mean, you like to share something? Yeah, I, I think um, you know the the biggest thing is just that that I've seen hits on a field or falls that looked like you know the student athlete was going to be out for a significant amount of time. And I've also seen things that didn't look like anything. And it turns out that it, every, every case is different. Every brain is different. The impact that it takes to have that happen, that's, that's different and how it comes about. Um, so that we, we really, it's, it's like it, it's individualized per person, per sport. I mean, I just tweeted out an article yesterday, the number one sport for concussion everyone would probably guess is football but yeah, it's women's soccer there you go and football obviously has more players so and more uh did, did i surprise you that, that no that i mean <laughs> i mean despite well i know you're a soccer it's surprising player, so. to me though isn't it to you that women's soccer is i think soccer in general i mean the way that you're heading the ball you're head you're constantly heading the ball you're running into the ball going into the air with, with you you're know, not really wearing ball. any there's, there's nothing. There's nothing on your head. You know, some players are using those uh, padded headgear type things that on, um, but that's few and far between. So, um, but you know, sports like gymnastics or like diving uh, or cheerleading. Cheerleading is is one that in not sitting necessarily here at Gildon, but you know, we've managed our our, our share of, of concussions over the years in, in those sports. And that just happens. And so we've learned that we're not just going to, we, we do all of our contact sports, but we also do divers, pole vaulters, cheerleaders, you know, because it's a little bit more uh, of a possibility in, in, in certain activities that aren't deemed contact by public high school. Okay. All right. Well, um, is, is there anything uh, else about health, physical education, and recreation you want to share? No, I mean, I think... It's it's certainly an underappreciated, and I know that it's an underappreciated venue in, in in schools. And why would you say that? Just because everything else seems to take you know, there's no state testing in, in phys ed and, and health. Um, athletics is you know is the stuff that gets into newspapers, um, but the health and physical education part um, is, in my opinion, just as important as. The interscholastic athletics, and right? Because if you're not healthy, right, you're it, not. It's you're it's not the same thing. Well it's, in you know, right? interscholastic athletics is an extension of of physical education and health, and it's an extension of the school day. And but I think we we do have a lot of people who value it and, and know it. But we have person not just in, in Gildan, but you know all over. And I think it's our job to let people know what we're doing in the schools so that they can have, it's not what what gym class was 25 years ago. Just because you didn't have a great experience in uh, wherever you went to school doesn't necessarily mean that that's gonna be the experience for, for your son or daughter. And, and that's our job is to make sure that we're advocating for health and physical education and advocating for healthy students because there's all sorts of research being out there that healthy students perform better in school um, 
and so it goes hand in hand. We're, you know, we're right there, just as important as everybody else, in, in my opinion. Now, have you ever won this award before? I have then? not, have not, and quite honestly, I, I was uh, very shocked, and obviously, I was thankful to the people that nominated me, and but I would, you know. I feel more comfortable with somebody else won probably, but I'm thankful. Have you thought about maybe you, like, have you maybe thought since you won, like, what have you been thinking about? Like, have you figured out why they chose you? Do no, you know? I mean, I, I've, I've thought a lot about the people that have helped me in my career and the people that I taught with, you know, early on when, when I was, you know, young and, uh, had hair. I would point to a name, <laughs> probably Wayne Bertrand. Sir, Wayne Wayne obviously was was somebody that was a big influence in my life. Still is, maybe. Absolutely, we yeah. speak all the time, and you know, before Gildoin, he was a big influence, and and obviously when he came to Gildoin, he was a big influence. But guys like Joe Torrey and Dan DePersis and women like Sandy Morley, and you know, coaches like Artie Wah and. Rusty Ferris and John Hotelling and the list goes on and on that really took me under their wing when they didn't need to do that. And that to me, that's what makes this place special is that they were looking more at developing a, a person that they knew hopefully was going to hopefully do the same thing. It's kind of paying it forward and the wheel keeps spinning. And so I thought a lot about that. I mean, those are the people that, that really influenced me in my career and obviously my dad and you know my brothers and my family but would feel way more comfortable if somebody else was winning and not me but I again I'm do you have a pick of someone you would want to win instead of you uh I think there's a whole handful of people around that I, I could that I could point to and say they probably maybe deserve it more than me but um but you're obviously grateful. Absolutely, you. no question. I mean, when, when someone, you know, acknowledges what you've done, I, I mean, that's that's a huge honor. And it makes did, you feel, you know, warm and fuzzy inside. Well, right? it makes me feel like I've done at least something for a couple people that liked it, you know. And <laughs> that's, you know, um, my main concern is doing things that are, are going to be what's best for kids and, and all of those programs that we've talked about. And... Uh, so I'm very appreciative and honored that that someone felt like that. So, but again, I wish somebody else maybe did, but because I gotta say a few words next week and uh, any idea what you're gonna say? No, but I'll probably not yet. Anyway, that that night actually, um, May fourth, by the way, May fourth. Uh, you yep. listeners want to know. Um, I've been the MC for that event for the last, like, I don't know, five or six years anyway. What's the official event? What is it? It's the Student Leadership Awards where we recognize um, young leaders. Uh, by the association? By the association, by the yep. Before, right? And uh, fifth graders and eighth graders um, all over the, the capital region come to Hudson Valley that they get recognized. So. Um, we do a little program and recognize every kid, give them uh, a certificate, a, a T-shirt. And um, so I've been doing that for the last five or six years because it's a great night. I mean, the the energy in the room is just second to none because of all the, 
the great people that are in it. And uh, where, where does it take place? Hudson Valley. Hudson Valley. So yep. that's May fourth. May fourth. Yep. So. So so you kind of yeah. you know you kind of like to dance and you're also an MC. So <laughs> I won't be dancing, Jordan. <laughs> I, I can promise you that. Not not that night. I I will not be dancing. But so I'm always prepared for that. But I obviously they don't come there to that event to listen to me. They they come there to honor the kids, is which should be so I, I will be very brief and I will be thankful and I'll probably you know name a couple of people that were very influential in my life and and maybe a message for the kids and then I'll get off the mic <laughs> all right well Mr. Johnson thanks for sitting down at the Enterprise uh, this anytime is, this is Jordan J. Michael and uh, we're signing off here